Nick Brian. And Melissa. Happy Friday night. Welcome to Life Talks. We're just shooting the breeze here on a Friday night going live. And yeah, let's do it. So what do you do on a Friday night? You kick back and you sit there with your llama. Yeah, that's Emiliano. We introduced him into our show a few days ago. And he is making a real impact in our lives in this house. He is. I mean, that single tooth goes a long way, man. <laughs> in the mornings before I leave, just brightens my day. Look at that neck. He just looks like so studious. Like he looks like he's going to work. He looks professional, but he looks like he's enjoying his profession. Yeah. So speaking of that, how was your uh, work week? What do you got for me? So my work week was great, but when I work, I'm going to get a little sappy. I miss my husband. Okay. It's not like we don't see each other. We've actually been able to see each other a lot. So I'm really grateful, but I know the next few weeks, um, September is just going to be crazy for me. So I was like, I'm going to pick up some things and we're going to have a picnic. I'm going to have a little date night for my husband and yeah, had a little date night for my husband and, uh, I picked up some chocolate dairy free chocolate ice creams, even though the work week was good. So this is not like a self-pity or a, a like a respite from a hard week ice okay. cream. Okay. How okay. was your week? Um, yeah, the ice cream's making it better. But no, it was good. Uh, so this is our full first full week back of uh, school. Okay, so we started last week. Kind of late start for most schools. Most schools have been gone for a bit. But last week, we only had a couple days with the students and then a, a full fiver. First fiver uh, in person since, I mean, literally it's something like 20 months or something, right? April of 2020 or 2019. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. 19. Some, some time ago. Yeah. So uh, it kind of felt like a, a bit of a sprint, honestly. And I have to change because it's a long school year. <laughs> so you're just kind of like trying to like, wow, rip through the classes. So I have, uh, I mean, there's seven periods. I have six classes uh, a day this year. And uh, yeah, so I kind of, it's like an adjustment for everyone. Like it's not, this isn't just some short thing like a camp or something. It's like, no, we're going to be in this for the long haul. So it's trying to figure out that kind of, yeah, I guess uh, tempo maybe. Mm -hmm. And by come Thursday, Friday, but this week, I think I sort of started to get it a bit. Do you have any favorite students? Not that you have favorite students. Um, do you no, no. No. Yeah. You don't have favorite students. Did you connect with any? And not, I mean, sometimes you don't even connect with like the ones that you enjoy the most, but like you can have like some real heart to hearts with students. Did you have any connections? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I had some laughs. So this app, as you guys know, is live. So she's putting me on the spot. We have not planned anything we're talking about right now. So it's a Friday night. Shoot it. Shoot the breezer. Uh, let me think about it for a moment. Okay. I mean, there's just so much that happens. I literally have like a hundred it's like 170 kids in, in a day. So uh, I'm just trying to remember all their faces. I mean, some crack me up just like their ways, their style. Um, I have a couple classes there, you know, always like as a teacher, a chatty class in a good way. Like, you know, in high school, that's where I teach. Uh, you like a class that will interact with you. Right. Um, others are just more shy or whatever it is. It's just, and it takes like certain kids and I get it in high school. I was shy. So I probably wouldn't have been one of those who would kind of talk and, and give back what the teacher's looking without being asked, you know, provide a thought, Mr. Whatever, you know? Um, so yeah. <laughs> what kind of student were you? So you were shy. What else? Yeah, shy, but I always did my work. Um, but I didn't want to be at school. It was all about like play, right? Even in high school, my mentality was like, I'm going to get this done. And she can tell you, I am not a procrastinator. I get junk done. 
I get it done early because I don't want, I never want the day to come where I have to like do something. Like I just, I have something to do. Oh man, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to get it done so I can get back to play. What was play in high school? I don't know. Free time, whatever I did in high school, you know, whatever, go out or, you know, whatever, <laughs> play sports, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how about you? What kind of student were you? Um, Teachers love me, but I wasn't like a teacher's pet necessarily because I was shy too. But um, there was a point where I kind of grew in my own and I, I was different. I was voted to be um, most likely to start a revolution by my <laughs> my senior year. Um, and I'm starting a revolution, baby. <clears throat> I don't think we can a just roll juice. over that vote. Start a revolution? You mean like a, a war or a change? What are you talking about? I didn't even know that was an option. You know, for the yearbook, you can vote for things. Yeah. I had no idea that that was one. And I don't know why. But <laughs> I was different. I was different. Like. And not even in a bad way or rebellious way. It's just that I did not go with the flow. I did not like do what everyone else was doing just because I, I danced to a different beat of the drum. I don't know. I was just different kid into different things, I guess. And, um, but yeah, I still got along with a lot of my teachers. I tried really hard. I enjoyed learning. So I think my teachers really liked the fact that a student was engaged. I remember one class though that I really struggled in. It was like a World War II class and I love the topic, but there was so much reading and I struggled reading. And so I was like, I really like this Mr. So-and-so, but I'm just struggling to like pay attention. <laughs> like, yeah, but yeah, teachers like me. Wow. Uh, so how big was your class? I think we were like 300 or something. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, 300. And to get that vote, I mean, the question in my head is like, okay, was it a small group of friends of yours that knew you and made the vote? No one else did. You got in there or was it like an overwhelming, like, I don't even know if they like published, I don't even know, maybe something like they published a list of things you can vote on almost like prom and, you know, king and queen, but they had a bunch of like categories, like, you know, most likely to be a professional athlete. And like, how, if it like was for open for everyone to see that vote and then how many people actually voted for you? Yeah. 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 I don't know. But I remember, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like voted best eyes in the class, voted like most likely to succeed. It was just one of those. Yeah. So I don't know how, I don't even remember how that happened, but. Wow. Uh, I thought you were about to say you were most likely voted to start a podcast, (laughs) which probably didn't even exist when you graduated high school. Well, maybe it did. Maybe this is my revolution. Live, live talks coming your way. One ice cream at a time. Okay. One beet juice challenge at a time. That's right. So I actually, so we're doing a beet juice challenge. If you don't know, check out our channel. We're drinking a gallon of beet juice per day, each of us. That's our goal. And we've been doing it for 26 days straight since August 6th. So we're almost done with it. You know, four more days to go. Three more days. Um, Yeah, it's been hilarious. But anyways, I like invited my students into that world a bit. I showed my beet juice. I brought my big clear gallon. And uh, showed them even like a video or two of like us doing our daily check-in, which we do like we've been doing on YouTube every day for a minute or two minutes, whatever it is. So kind of funny. I think some definitely think I'm weird. Like, oh, my gosh, who's doing this? But I think the rumors are starting to spread. Good or bad. I don't know. But they're spreading. (laughs) Rumors. Oh, rumors. You know, sometimes I wonder, like as an adult, like what? Because I work with high schoolers as well. I'm not a teacher, but it's like. I kind of want to know, like, what do they think of us? You know, like to go back in the high school mind and like look at an adult. It's like, what do they think? I'm not that I care, but I'm just curious. Like, what do they think of Mr. Brian? What do they right. think of Melissa? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's it's like 20 years or something now more. I don't know. But it just feels like forever ago. 
And it's like, it should be so easy to remember how you thought in high school. I'm like, I haven't changed that much. Have you? <laughs> like, so if you're listening to the show, like ask yourself, have I changed that much in my head? Um, you know, I don't feel like I have, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I don't, I don't think I think like I, I really used to, maybe that's a good thing. Uh, maybe not like you want to have a maturity, but you don't want to lose your fun, not to say you're lose your fun self, but yeah, it's just an interesting question. What did I think? I mean, I, okay. If they like us, I would think, oh, they're a cool role model. I guess that's what a teacher will hope to be. Uh, obviously you're kind of like, uh, you can't be their friend, just like a parent. You don't want to be a friend of a child. I mean, you can kind of have a friendship, but you know what I mean? You still got to be that authority, right? You got to drive them towards learning. So there's gonna be hard moments during the year where, you know, you got to push them. So like a coach, uh, but yeah, and you know, and then you get the flip side Would someone just think, and I, I could see it too. This guy is such a nerd or he thinks he's cool. You know, <laughs> this little life talk show or I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think, um, well, I know that I'm kind of, that I'm weird and I'm different, right? A revolutionary. She's going to be different. She's going to be weird. She's going to say things and people are going to be like, uh, <laughs> what is she, what is she doing? Um, but I do know that I make some people laugh. And some people trust me with like deep stuff. So, you know, I, I think it's a mix, right? Right. If you're living life right, I think you're going to have mixed reviews because it means you're not like sold out to one camp or another and that you're really open to what comes your way and you're really open to others. I think that's what I tell myself anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wish I could give you guys a good quote right now, but like I'm just thinking of quotes along the lines, you know, if you're trying to do good in this world, you're going to meet some hard slam doors, if you will. Okay. Uh, where am I going with this? So like, you know, if you do something good, which a lot of times good, it's counterculture, right? Um, if you pray to God, that's pretty counterculture, you know, like in some ways, a lot of people do it, but you don't publicize that. You don't put that out there. And as a public school teacher, I wouldn't, you know, it's my job, but you know what I mean? So if you start to do certain things, you would actually expect to run into some tough times actually. And that might say, uh, you know, if you believe in what you're doing, you're trying to really, you know, do it well with a good heart and you're always mindful and, uh, you know, yeah, it might be a good sign actually, even though it's a hard road. Yeah. And that reminds me of something I was listening to on the way home. I like to listen to Catholic radio. Um, and I was listening to an interview of this doctor. He is a physician. Um, I don't think, no, the radiologist was from another interview. I can't remember what kind of doctor he was, but he started a nonprofit organization and he works with doctors um, throughout the country for a lot of, with a lot of different things. Okay. So he, anyways, at one point of the interview, he said that a lot of people think that as physicians, you're not supposed to bring God up or spirituality or religion, whatever that may look like. You're not supposed to bring that up. And he said, actually, there's a governing body um, and this association that like all medical physicians like are a part of and hospitals are a part of. I don't remember what it's called, but there's a document and a statement that says that like physicians should ask about the spiritual well-being and they have, it's like almost, I can't remember the word, not that it's their duty or a requirement, but it's for the good of their patients to ask where they're at spiritually and make sure they're doing well. Cause you know, a lot of times a physician is like doing this really crazy operation that could be like a terminal, like, you know, it could lead to death. It could go very wrong. And so a doctor, according to this document, 
in that association is supposed to make sure that their patient is okay spiritually as well as physically and emotionally and take care of the whole person. And that's not, and so this guy's job or one of his desires is to help people become more aware of that. Okay. And is that document for all standard doctors? Mm -hmm. Oh, so any doctor. Mm -hmm. And did they get this training in college, university? I I didn't hear that part of the interview. I came in kind of mid-interview. Um, right. but and my guess would be no, but unless it's required, like they have to do it at some kind of standard, right. but you don't feel like you hear this, right? No, it's almost like their physicians have like a code of ethics. And it seemed like throughout this interviews that it was kind of a part of that, like a doctor is supposed to do whatever's in the good and the in interest of the patient. And this was kind of part of that, like even the spiritual well-being. Right. What a, what an interesting thing. I mean, cause I mean, the doctor is going to have to be pretty neutral because you're going to get a lot of people with different spirituality and religious practices, right? But you still have to be open to it because that is huge. You know, just thinking of that, it's just like, isn't it amazing? I mean, each person has their doctor, uh, their doctor, their place. So whether it's going to be a pastor, a priest, you know, you name it, um, start naming them, a rabbi, you know, like anybody, right? They all have their place. So most might say, well, the doctor has no business. You know, like this is why you have a rabbi. This is why you have a pastor. And uh, for, you know, your will, you have a lawyer and for your account, you know, accounts, you have an accountant or whatever. Um, but not in this case. I mean, literally, the doctor is he is in the thick, right? He's going to be the first one or she uh, who's going to see things maybe go south. Right. And just looking at their faces or telling their families how the surgery went, like, how could you leave out the most important like so, so someone who's a believer, which I think if you do the, the stats, it's something like 77% of the earth or whatever, you, like, you have to Google that. But like more people than not actually believe in God. You wouldn't know it by watching the news, but because um, most people it just seems like like don't believe in God anymore. But it's actually quite large in the world how many do believe in a God, whatever God it is for that matter. Um, but yeah, it's, I think like the numbers are that high and, and the doctors don't ask. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they did say something like it's also part of a physician's place to inquire so that way if they do want a priest a rabbi a, a mentor a spiritual director that they can like be sure to get that person there for them they don't always have family members to do that on their behalf and so um i don't know i just found that a very interesting and um point that i've never heard before yeah and i can only think um you know they always talk about being positive how much it can help your body heal and all these types of things and, uh, you know, going into a surgery or some situation and not having your spiritual game up to par or where you want it to be, you're, yeah, I just would think mentally you might be like anxious and, you know, you don't have that peace and that could hurt your recovery chances. I mean, there's all yeah, kinds the of scenarios. The cortisone, right? Right, right. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's all very interesting. I mean, the hope when you go into any kind of surgery is, you, okay, you've had time to think about it and you're at the right place with God and your family and all these people, <laughs> but it doesn't always happen like that. It's like, oh man, just got hit by a baseball bat in a softball game, you know, and just, it's like, yeah, emergency and yeah, you just kind of rushed in, but yeah, you know, so mom. Yeah. I found that interesting and something that you said, like, yeah, the positive thinking, like even my, one of my functional, um, I don't know if you call him a doctor practitioner, practitioner was talking about like, yeah, the the power of positive thinking. And she's like, not that I'm trying to be like a wacko, but that like our bodies work 
in a way that promotes healing. So why would we think otherwise? We should allow our body to think or like we should think about how our body naturally is oriented and it's oriented towards healing and recovery. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So like if I'm thinking that like I'm supporting what my body's already doing, like that should like there should be some synergy in those thoughts and the way the body's working. Yeah. Uh, and you're getting into, I mean, so I watch a lot of health podcasts. I'm no expert here, but you're getting the idea of kind of like functional medicine, a lot of others, even Eastern medicines where, uh, you know, nowadays standard treatments like, Oh, you got uh, something wrong in your kidney. We're going to go after the kidney. We're going to do surgery. We're going to give you the medicine, whatever it is. You know, you got something in your arm. We're going to treat the arm, but they don't like, you know, necessarily standard medicine treat like the whole body, the person, which is going to include the emotional, spiritual, mental, but these, of course, the physical properties of the rest of your body, right? So often you hear like, oh, a person's got a cramp in their back. Oh, they need a chiropractor. And it turns out, no, they actually have a trauma. They had a fight with their wife the other day. And now they got, you know, it gets all connected. It's just crazy. So you're tensed up here and that adds that. And just, uh, again, I'm no doctor at all. But it's just interesting, like how the systems do work together in a synergy, as mm -hmm. you were saying there. Right. And I don't know if you want to go in this direction, but where my mind goes, so you can take it. You can Should take I it all the way of, uh, to Emiliano in Bolivia if you want to. Um, I think he's in Bolivia. That looks like Bolivia to sure. me. Or uh, the Atacama Desert in northern Chile. Anyways, okay. So it just think, makes me think like, you know, oftentimes we hear, and I don't even know if it's intentional, but like a lot of times there's a separation between like our mental, our emotional, and our physical selves where we um, have this like, almost subconscious feeling that they're separated. Like, well, I'll just treat my body and then I'll feel a different way or then I'll think a different way. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but, um, but that's really contrary to what science is showing and what like a lot of functional practitioners tell us. Yeah. It's uh, it's interesting stuff without a doubt. If anyone has any knowledge in this area, let me know. We would love to interview you, actually. Yeah, we would. We're looking for people to interview on this stellar show. Okay, let's just go in another direction. Um, randomly, what else happened in your week? Random. I love random. Um, okay. Ooh, so many things happened. So I did climb three times this week. She climbed. So she does rock climbing, for those who don't know. Yes. So I prefer outside. I prefer sport climbing, getting into trad. Um, but I only have like, we have a bouldering gym, which is really cool. So I'm just like really learning a new way of climbing. And, um, speaking of like a mental physical game, like, you know, sports and athletics, like it includes a whole person. If I'm down, it's like, it takes me like a good warm up to like really get my body going. Or if I'm just tired, like it all affects each other, but I felt super strong this week and it was so cool. And I was just super pumped because in the spring and in the summer, I kind of like just, I had like an oral surgery, I had other things going on and I just felt like my health was going down, but I just felt really good. And plus my, my girl, Betty Rocker, she also like takes like this nutrition stuff that we're talking to. She's actually a professional. And so she talks a lot about this too. So you should check out her podcast. Um, I do her workouts in between my climbing sessions and it just makes me feel like I can see my body toning up again. And I just feel like my posture is already like realigning and it's just, it just feels so good when everything's working together and you do things right. Emotionally, bodily, like I just get so happy. Yeah. Yeah. So the synergy really, uh, you know, just the thought just popped in my head. Like, you know, it seems like it's so rare where we actually hit that 
maybe prime feeling you want to call it. Some of us say, well, that was when I was 23. <laughs> I'm never getting that back. But like, it sounds like you're getting a little bit into the the groove right there, right? So often where it's like we're trying to recover from an injury or we're trying to get back into working out again, whatever it is, whatever level you're at, walking, running, swimming, or many things all at once, lifting for sure, you know, just like all kinds of sports and such. Yeah, like it's just like most of our life, we're actually outside that sweet spot that you seem to sort of be hitting right now, hitting your stride. And you know what? The next thought that comes to my mind is, what's the next bump, right? Because mm-hmm. something's going to bump you off. This mm-hmm. is how our life goes. It's like we get making progress and then boom, something comes. It's true. And you have to plan for that. And that's what I've been learning is like, I really have to plan for it and really like discern like, okay, what what are the pieces of my life? And like, what can I just foresee? Like, I know that this month is going to be crazy coming up. So how do I plan around that? I'm going to have super tired, long days. How do I still get my workouts in? Um, which again is why I love Betty Rocker. Cause she's like, do something or do like something or everything. And, and nothing is not an option, right? It's something or everything. And so it's like, even if it's a 10 minute workout, I'm going to get it in. But for me, it's like, I have a goal. So I'm going to climb three times a week. Um, and then I'm going to work out, do another type of exercise or movement or range of most motion routine um, the other days of the week and then take one day of rest. And like just having that clear idea is like that's how it has to happen. That helps me like overcome and rework the bumps mm-hmm. um, just because that's my goal. And today I did the most pull-ups in a row that I've ever done in my life. I did eight. Oh, wow. That is that is something because you were stuck on seven for a while. For a long time. Since our wedding, actually, which has been, I don't know, eight months, nine months, 10 months. I should know that. <laughs> November, anyhow. Yeah, okay, I don't know that either. <laughs> well, yeah, that eight, eight push, uh, yeah, pull ups. That's uh, something I was trying to figure out like, how many women in the world can do eight pull ups? I don't know what the stat is. Maybe a bunch of you can. Uh, maybe some are like, I can't even do one. So maybe you're, uh, you know, in one of the upper percentages, maybe only 3% of women out there can do it. Maybe it's 10%. I have no idea, but it's, it's an interesting thing to think about. Yeah. It's exciting. How about, how about you? How was your week? I mean, I kind of asked you about students, but yeah. Um, so speaking of bumps, I'm going to share a little story here. First time reveal. You're lucky you're watching. So I have a 1950 Chevy pickup. Uh, it's blue. It's a beautiful vintage. It's charming guys. It's that's, that's the best word I can say for it. When, when you're driving or just looking at it, it's a charmer. It's a three-speed, like old school, uh, three on the tree, they call it, right? It's a straight six. It's got literally 92 horsepower, I think is what I have. So it's not fast. It's not meant to be. I haven't hot-rodded it. There's nothing wrong with going that style, but this thing's like really original, and I love it. It has the rust and everything to go with it. <laughs> Nonetheless, it's been a long journey. Um, so I've had this truck since, I think, 2014. And it's I been in my- it was that long. Yeah, yeah. I think it's 14 and it was a dream of mine for like two years. Well, it's been a dream since like 20 years back. Okay. But I finally got it and I was really like getting crazy about it. Like two years before I actually got it. And then I got it and it was awesome. The day I brought it home, got it in Iowa, right? It was a sweet country drive. Just pulling that thing behind me on the trailer. Uh, Cause you can't drive that thing back. You know, it's just, I mean, I could, but it'd be like <laughs> so slow. Uh, Cause I can get up to about 54 miles per hour. You know, that's really the motors really spinning with three speed, you know, and I do have a, a rear end. This is getting technical, but like where I can go a little faster than normal, like than it was stock. So I have it kind of like re-geared it so I can at least kind of have some speed on these roads nowadays, right? It's not, it's not 1950. So I don't want a bunch of people behind me. Nonetheless, I still stick to the back roads, but here's the deal. I've probably had this car, this truck 
running and parked in my garage maybe a year, year and a half in that entire period. Um, so when I first got it, I had a buddy check it out. I'm like, Hey, just look it over, make sure it's safe. Right. And I, I know cars, but I'm not a pro. So I'm like, let's let a pro look at it. Uh, and he's like, all oh, the motor has to be rebuilt. So I take the motor to some guy to rebuild it. You know, he's like, Oh, you know, it'll be done in a week, two weeks, year and a half guys, year and a half. So the truck was sitting in this shop, which they just like caved it up in some kind of like, almost like barn, which at least it was indoors. And the engine was in another city. And they're like rebuilding it because the guy would just stalled so many stories there. Okay. But anyways, I get it back. The guy who's had it originally finally gets the motor and then he goes out of business. Right. And he's like, oh, but I'll take care of it. And then he, he like moved out of his garage, obviously, because the business was done. And he like moved it around from a couple places, it seems like. And eventually it was sitting outside next to some house. I remember I was over there just looking at it with sadness. It was like raining all over it. I'm like, this is like a truck you need to protect. It's already got rust. Right. So it's just like, it's been a drama. Um, I think that was about another year, year and a half, okay, before he actually, well, actually, it ended where he brought it to my my house. Like, wait, can you clarify something? So this, you took it to this guy, and he kept it for two years. Oh, about the original guy. Yeah. Well, the original guy was supposed to just look it over, and he's the one who said need a new engine. So the original guy kept it, and then I took the engine out and took it to an engine builder. Okay, so, so there's the, two now. Oh. Yeah. And then I finally get the engine and I bring it back to this guy. And then this guy, besides that guy, the engine guy, take forever. Like, oh my gosh, and oh my gosh. Then this guy goes bankrupt or not bankrupt, but he goes out of business or whatever. Changes careers too, by the way. And which is fine, you know, a good guy too. I like him. Um, but yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just all that worked out in a way that I was still sitting there waiting. Like, where's this truck I bought in 2014? By now it's like 2017, right? Uh, the days, the nights, the weeks the months and the years that would go by, I would, I mean, I'd wake up at like two in the morning, like you, I'd like, I'm like in a hysterical laugh when the thought would hit me, like, you gotta be joking me like three years, you know, just like every time, every day that would go by, you know, it seemed like this. <laughs> so you try to put it out of your mind. You try to keep working. You're like, man, didn't I like buy a truck? I paid six grand for it. Uh, you know, just like, you just just go nuts. Did you have to pay for those guys? Like, what did they make you pay? Like for keeping it? I would have been okay. like, no, no, I'm not. A little bit of salvation. So again, and the guy who did the okay, so there's the original guy who had the truck, but the guy who did the engine, I've had do another engine, my Camaro back in the day, and an IROC, big race motor. Um, and he took a while on that one too, but it wasn't as long as this one. It was over the winter period, so it didn't feel as hard, you know. So I took it back to him, and he's actually a friend of my brother-in-law. He's a good guy too. He just I don't know, just gets, I don't know, distracted, unorganized, whatever it is. But the saving grace, he like knew, like he knew he should have got it done. He didn't even charge me. And that was huge because I was prepared to pay a couple grand. I mean, that point I was probably, <laughs> probably would have said, I'm not paying you a couple grand. It's been too long, you know, but I would have given him, given him something, at least for like the materials, you know? Yeah. Um, but, and he wouldn't even let me, I was trying to give him like 500 or a thousand. He's like, no, no, would not take it. And that was cool. Uh, I mean, legit that's what you do if you fail as a business like i would say in that case that was the right move for him to do like i should have been it should have been free honestly because of that kind of time right <laughs> but the other guy as i was saying so eventually he moved shops closed down changed careers headed this other place and i would like drive over there and he would drive over there to try to kind of work on it eventually he got i don't know if he got kicked out of that place i don't know if it's a friend's it was like literally at a house and it was sitting outside and they had like a garage that he would temporarily pull it in when he was going to work on it and then park it back outside <laughs> it was horrible it was a fall and the leaves were falling all over here's a like a vintage truck you want to protect it right so eventually it turns out that it's kicked out of there and it came back to my house because i had an open spot in our garage wasn't married at the time so it was just me here 
And, um, and I just like, he's like, I'll come to your house and fix it. I'll come. And he came like once or twice, never got it running, you know, and finally I'm like, that's it. You know, it was literally in my garage. Now that's all I wanted. It. I wanted it back. And this is a 1950. This is actually very simple mechanics. Again, I'm not a pro, but there's a lot I can do, you know? So I'm just like, I started going to town on it. And then, uh, we basically got it running. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to it. Oh, okay. So I got it very close to running and something wasn't going with the ignition and I finally took it to like a legit uh classic shop like uh, not far from here and they did a great job and actually rewired it which was a good catch I probably went to know so you could catch fire because they're old wires but they did a couple little more things to get it going and finally was running and that didn't take too long uh, for that last shop so holy smokes okay so I had it running after that so this has probably got you up in the 2018s or so I had it for like a year and it, it was running pretty decent but it was missing on the timing right there's a lot of truck talk but the carburetor that it has, it was missing. So it was running. I could still drive it, but it wasn't perfect. And eventually I'm like, all right, it's winter. Uh, where did I take this in? I took it in about a year ago. It was October of 2020, right? I'm like, oh, it's winter. You know, I might as well just take, because I, I played with it all summer trying to get it dialed in. And literally- 2020 or 19? 2020. No, this is 2020. This is okay. latest garage. So I literally played with it all summer trying to get it right. For whatever reason, I couldn't get it. Somebody teach me, right? There's just like not a lot of people around who know how to like tune these old things, right? So I can't just take it in any modern shop. They, you know, they don't do that. So you got to find like a certain person who has that knowledge. You really, it's a dying breed, right? Only so many people know how to work on these old cars nowadays, especially with everything going electric, right? Can't just plug in a computer and find out what's wrong with it. You know, it's just like, it's a skill, you know? Um, so I took it into this one place in town and cause I'm like, oh, it's the winter. They can work on it. No rush. You know, <laughs> I don't know if I said no rush, but they didn't rush. Okay. Literally. If anyone knows cars, I'm talking a timing adjustment, turn the distributor, point the light at it. Like that's what we're looking to do. What's happened. It, like a year has gone by. Okay. And yeah, I'm just like, I mean, this is like a half hour job and I just like, Lord, what, what are you doing to me? Right call them like 30 times, you know, don't call back sometimes, leave them messages. You try to go there. Then COVID was going on, right? So you couldn't even actually go in there. You had to have an appointment, but no one would pick up. You know, it's just like, it's just the worst. So it's been a nightmare. And uh, <laughs> I just stopped over there today to try to get in. But again, COVID uh, has kind of spiked. I don't even think they ever took their sign off, by the way, even when COVID is a little bit lower. And I, I don't know. I left the message today. I text like twice this week. Like, what's the deal? Should I just pick it up? I've said that many times, by the way. I probably need to be stronger, more authoritative, authoritative. Um, but yeah, it's like, we're back to the original idea of bumps in life. I've had this like truck that I just want to drive and I've had it for a year out of like six or seven, it feels like. And oh my gosh, you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's exhausted guys. Can you tell this truck is exhausting him? Not the truck, but the people who, and we, we were talking about this earlier, like what's to blame? Like, you know, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt, who knows what's going on, like what their work situation is, like what they're trying to, like, whatever. But like, isn't there a thought, like at least that first mechanic, he knew like, I shouldn't have taken this long. Okay. This guy doesn't even is like, not even, it doesn't seem like he's aware. And again, I don't want to make it assumptions, but doesn't seem like he's aware that this is wrong, like something, or he's at least not expressing it and getting back to you. He's not even saying like, at least what it sounds like, yeah. like, Hey, ding, ding, ding. I need to get this done. It's going to take 20 minutes. Like, right. Right. And I should add, so that's, it would have taken 20 minutes, but because he didn't do anything so long, the gas went bad and then it ruined like the lines. And now 
he almost got it running to like flush out the gas. I'm like, this, I shouldn't be paying for this. I never was able to talk to him about all this because I tried, <laughs> but you know, I got that message somewhere along the line. And uh, so it like more problems have stirred up. Then he tried to actually get it out. I actually thought I was going to get it. This is probably like late June. He's like, I, I'm going to take it out for a ride. You know, he did the gas and then the carburetor went bad. Right. Um, because it's been sitting. I'm like, again, this wasn't an original problem. I actually rebuilt the motor as I just told you. Uh, I had a new carb on there. So now it's like we had to get another carb. It's another 240 bucks. I should hopefully not ever pay for that. Um, but here's the deal. And then the carburetor was back ordered, which was out of his control, but it's just like another thing. It's like the Lord has really humbled me by this process and I have a material item, but I can't use it. So what do you do with that? You know, it's just, uh, it's been a hard road and I don't know if I'll ever get it back, babe. I mean, it's literally, it's September 3rd. It's just like, am I going to get it back? to drive it at all before this like warm season's over and winter hits is I, I don't know. <laughs> so there you go, guys share a story. If you have something like that. Yeah. Wow. What are your bumps? And like, literally, like if you have any thoughts, like please share them. Like, what do you do in this situation? You can't even get a hold of the person to talk about like the issue. And, uh, it's, I was almost like, I'm a little spicier than he is, but um, I'm like, do we need to call the cops? Like he has your property and he's not giving it back to you. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I don't like, what do you do? Yeah. And I know it's there. I, he actually had the garage open. I should have swung in that day. And I actually saw it uh, for the first time in a year, like literally like a week ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's real. <laughs> it's literally sitting there. So he, and then he just told me, like, he texted me uh, maybe a week ago, the carb is finally in. I'm like, that's good. I was thinking, all right, just dude, go out there, get the ratchet. Like literally guys, it's like a single bolt and there's a little bit of tuning, but it's just like, just commit to it. And she was kind of getting to like, how do you not have a conscious? Like, how do you not? I don't even, I wouldn't even be able to sleep. Now everyone's wired differently, but I'd be so embarrassed right now. We'd shut this podcast off. If I had something like that hanging over me, I'd be like, I'm not sleeping tonight. I got to get this person. I'm embarrassed and I'm not going to charge them. I just like talk about not pro procrastinating, right? It's probably all connected, but it's just like, I don't even know how, how do you shut that off? And you're like, nah, dude's still waiting. It's been a year over like a 20 minute tune. How do you shut that off? That consciousness? I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a mystery to me. And I just, uh, I try to offer it up. Uh, I think of poor people who don't have, and I try to use this as a, a form of prayer. I'm like, well, I have something and I don't have it. A lot of people don't have stuff. So I try to pray for people through it, if that makes sense. But, um, yeah, it's where I'm at. <laughs> it's where he's at and uh, it's tough. It's tough. And that's real life. That's the day to day stuff that, um, people deal with and you're dealing with, and I'm sure many of you are dealing with maybe not the exact situation, but something. So if you want to share, please let us know, let us pray for you. Let us hear your story. Get it off your chest. <laughs> Don't hold it in. Yeah. Uh, the one thought, maybe one final thought here is, uh, we were talking about, there are so many different bumps. We were talking about different things uh, a little bit earlier, you know, uh, the truck a little bit, but just different things. And it's just like, we try to get going and then something happens, right? It's like something knocks us off something. It's never quite perfect, right? It's never quite everything. You may have a rare moment, but it's rare and it's fleeting. Right. And I, I don't know if it's CS Lewis or GK Cheston said something like if nothing, I think it was CS Lewis, nothing satisfies us on this earth. Then clearly it shows that we weren't made for this earth. Right. So the idea that and that's true, right? We're made for heaven where there is perfection, where everything does finally line up and it doesn't break down three seconds later or a day later or whatever the case is. Um, and, and yeah, we could get my truck aligned correctly. I could probably pay out the nose for it or take like a couple auto classes, 
but there, it's still gonna there's still gonna be problems it doesn't even like there just isn't perfection on this earth and uh yeah i don't know yeah i think uh i think that's something that we just have to accept and i think that came on because i was telling him like I just feel like I'm frustrated a lot. And I would, I just had her like an epiphany. Like, why am I frustrated? Like, I'm really happy when we go play, we go do things, but like, I'm just frustrated a lot. And I'm like, it's because things don't work as I feel like they should. Like things, systems are not communicating well and things aren't efficient. And like, if you plan for something, it should be like, it should result in this X whatever um thing it should have the result that you've been planning for and it doesn't most of the time and i'm just frustrated because i just want things to work so i can do my job or do my project and it's like i just had to realize it's because things are broken things don't always work because again it's not heaven and um so that's like almost going into it like well if i can expect that things aren't going to work perfectly burden lifted just plan for it and just let it roll off your shoulder and i felt like a weight lifted for real right actually now i remember a thought i had i might have shared it with you it's like so when you do your weekly plan for work life whatever you know after work all that schedule some times where it fail schedule two hours of oh something didn't work you know just schedule in some fail moments and that way when they fail like yeah i have in my schedule so (laughs) you know and if they don't bonus right um, I mean, it's not to say there's beauty, not beauty on this earth, not great moments, not joy that happens, but this is also a fallen world. And, uh, you know, there's destruction on this earth clearly as everyone knows. And, uh, yeah, it's a fight. Uh, the idea of detachment, not, de- not detachment and like not caring, but the idea of like maybe being fully committed to the Lord and, uh, you know, where you're going heaven for some, you know, <laughs> if that's your goal. Um, I think that helps you maybe not hurt as much, not sting as much because you don't depend on these things for your happiness. Like if I literally depended on my truck and my paycheck and my food for my happiness, those are all earthly things. And those all fail at times, uh, whether the food fails or not, maybe I don't get it depending where you live, if you're poverty, et cetera, or maybe my stomach can't digest it, <laughs> right? You can have all the beet juice I'm drinking. Um, but it's somewhere along the line, these material things will fail. But if I can accept that, like, Lord, you know, you gave them to me, you brought me out of the womb naked. I'm going probably going to go back to the grave naked. <laughs> I can make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know, basically I'm just going to deteriorate, you know, back to dust that I came from. Um, uh, and it, this earth is beautiful and you do great things. You have great joy and you fall in love and with your family and your friends and all, you know, we all want to go to heaven party forever, you know, together, but, uh, keep that mindset like, okay, when my truck breaks now, this is a ridiculous situation, <laughs> but like, it's still, if I can have a little bit of that, like, yeah, you know what? It's not my ultimate happiness. And even if I had my truck in my garage right now, it's not my ultimate happiness. I'd still be sitting here with problems, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm generally pretty happy, but you know what I mean? It wouldn't be heaven, so. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there's always something. And that made us think like, yeah, no one is living a life where everything's put together. Like it might seem that, you know, people have it all together. And, you know, there are de- definitely people who are genuinely happy, but that doesn't mean they, they're going through life without any trials or any struggles. Um, and so it's just a good perspective. Like, okay, we're all going through something and we can take comfort that we're not alone in that. And, um, you know, and I think that's something that people are struggling with right now, like, and through the COVID pandemic, like a lot of people just felt so alone in their isolation and, you know, job loss or whatever. Um, just being, um, away from the normal things that they're used to, the normal comforts. Um, but the reality is like everyone's experiencing something. Um, 
And, you know, if we just communicated with each other and we just shared our stories with each other, um, I think that would, that would offer a lot of peace and lessen a lot of our anxiety. And so I think that's part of why we want to do the show is to like, just share the day to day with people and let other people like share their stories and invite them into that conversation. Well said sister. And if all else fails, you know, you can go a little, a little bit of, you know, day ice cream or whatever. <laughs> a little earthly joy can be good here and there. I might have another one. But <laughs> it's a little late, so we might not. Yep. All right. Well, it's been good talking to you. Let us know uh, any thoughts. And as always, check out our channel. Check out, you know, we're on Instagram. We're on TikTok now. Um, Facebook, you know. Like, uh, subscribe, comment, absolutely. do all the things. The dings. So it's Brian, Melissa, and Emiliano checking you <laughs> later. Ciao, ciao.